Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dosh, Rinko Levers. Hey everybody, welcome to another scintillating version of Wrong and Wronger. I am Steve, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, Olivas, and he is James, snubbed again, Breakwell, and... James, speaking of Oscar snubs and Hall of Fame snubs, it seems that you have a somewhat legendary snub in your recent history. I'm I'm actually impressed by this snub. It was so total, and I think it was not even <laughs> deliberate, which makes it just that much better. But I may or may not have mentioned that I don't eat, you know, carbs and sugar like every what? single podcast for the last two years at least. It comes up constantly. It's one of the many reasons my wife won't listen to these podcasts. She hates hearing me talk about it. Everybody hates hearing me talk about it. But I have definitely relayed this message to you. But yeah. then you went on somebody else's podcast, somebody's <laughs> keto podcast, and you like apparently you've been doing keto, which I also didn't know. I knew, I knew you were losing weight. I didn't know how you were losing weight, but you said you you brought it up, and you're like, yeah, like three months ago, I found out about keto. Heard about it from Brian Forsyth. <laughs> Never heard of it before. Nobody in my life has ever mentioned this, and now thanks to Brian and no one else, I will continue to lose weight. I was. It was, and you, like, I, I told you about it, and you actually felt bad, which I found funny, because I didn't know you had human feelings, but just <laughs> walk, walk me through what was going on there. James, this is how you and I differ, <laughs> other than I'm awesome, but it's that I understand the tragedy of human emotion, and to you, it's sort of a curious anomaly, but... Yeah, I did massively snub Breakwell, and the funny thing is, I, I I realized it like hours before he texted me. In <laughs> outrage, by the way, ready to come and burn my place to the ground after this. But I went on a keto podcast because the one of the rock stars I've written a book with is all in keto, and he he's talked to me a lot about it, but. The thing of it is, Breakwell and I had not only talked about it, but he and I texted about it quite a bit as he was sort of <laughs> guiding my decisions at the grocery store. <laughs> all of that was for naught as I gave all the credit to somebody else. And I sit here humiliated before you, Mr. Breakwell. I mean, I, if it had been deliberate, I would understand more, like, because you clearly have something to gain from Brian there. There's a business relationship. Our business relationship is going nowhere. Neither of us will ever profit from this. It's just, if anything, it's hurting us both at this point. So so I get why you'd want to toss the credit to him. What I took away from this, though, is the fact that you won't actually do something until you hear it from the mouth of an aging rocker. Like, I could tell you the best life advice ever, like, hey, Steve, don't light yourself on fire. Like, I think I'm going to light myself on fire. But then if Brian says don't light yourself on fire, you're like, you know what? That's a good insight. I'm not going to light myself on fire. So it's just interesting. I, I think we all have those people. Like, you hear advice from everywhere. But there's certain people we listen to and certain people we don't. And now I know which category I'm in, which is probably safer for both of us, to be honest. 
it is maddening that, uh, and this happens all the time. My wife does this too. She's like, I told you that a month ago, but I'll be like, well, wait, I can't use James Breakwell here. I'll be like, my buddy Brad said this. And my wife's like, I told you that already, but now Brad told me. And Breakwell, mm. sort of like my wife, he can talk till he's blue in the mouth. But when an aging rock star says something, I mean, James, in fairness, you don't have a platinum album hanging on your wall. So what the heck do you know? This is true. And everybody knows the more albums you sell, the more you know about <laughs> diet and nutrition and every other topic. That's why when celebrities give us advice or tell us how to vote, you should always, always listen to them because obviously by, by, by being more successful, they know more about everything. Uh, and on the flip side, by, by being less successful, you and I know nothing about anything, which is a little bit humbling, but I mean, that's where we're at. Other than in Uganda, where everyone should listen to us because we are still the number two podcast in a very specific category. So yeah. they should listen to our every word and do everything we say unless it's illegal I, I, and yeah we can't be held liable for that i, I believe a, a, a an indian listener in india said we also have somebody in india who listens Whoa. so in that household we are in the top five <laughs> at least i mean do you really i don't know i feel like people who listen to podcasts listen to like every podcast so you've got you probably got 100 podcasts on your list uh, I bet that person does too. I would not give us credit for being in the top five in their household, but we're uh, we're. I would say we're in the top hundred. I think we're I think we're up there somewhere. That's not bad. I mean, yeah. just on a straight percentage basis. But James, to answer your question directly, <clears throat> I'm a little surprised I didn't think of you either. But I was so <laughs> flattered that they asked me to be on their show. All I could think of, and I got tracked into, how am I going to? compliment this guy and how am I going to pump him up and how am I going to shell the book? How can ah. I hawk this thing? And I accomplished all three of those tasks and yeah. then I hung up and I went away feeling high because I think <laughs> I nailed it. And you know as well as I do, James, when you're asked to do things, because we're entertainers, we're, we're sort of we have pressure to be funny and engaging mm -hmm. and interesting, and that doesn't come lightly to either of us. It's a tall order. So when I felt like I hit a home run, I walked away high. But then I'm sleeping that night, <laughs> and I'm thinking, huh, you know, I do remember, literally, in the grocery store, I took a picture of what was in my cart <laughs> and sent did. it to you. <laughs> And I thought, that happened well before I met with Brian Forsyth that day. <laughs> and I felt horrible. And my only hope, the only toehold of sanity I had was that there was no chance in hell you were ever going to come across that podcast. And yet... <laughs> Some alert listener probably sold me out and sent it to you, and this is why we're only number two in Uganda. You know, you know what? You know how I found out about it? It was your Twitter feed. Tell me. Twitter decided to start showing me your tweets again. I guess I lingered over <sighs> one too long, and now I've been cursed by seeing probably a quarter to a third of what you tweet. And in this particular case, I think I think a mutual follower, Exploding Possum, had replied to it. So it popped uh. into my feed again, and I see it's like, this has been up for all this time, and nobody's commented. It's like, yeah, because you post a link to a video or a podcast, nobody clicks on it. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to click on this because I'm curious. And, you know what? and boy, Damn did I learn awesome. something that podcast. So yeah, the jig was up, the cat was out of the bag, and Breakwell was blowing up my phone. And I felt bad. And I still feel bad. 
I, I like to think I'm more loyal than that, but apparently apparently I'm just sludge, like everybody else. Uh, my favorite part is that had you mentioned me, had you just gone out of your way to name drop me like crazy, it would have made no difference in either of our lives whatsoever. Like, I'm sure their podcast is more successful than ours, but that's not saying much, you know, rather than rather than going out to five people, maybe they're going out to a couple hundred or a couple thousand, but either way, like, we would still be here on our podcast a week later, you know, talking to nobody, so we we would yeah. be in the same spot, but now we're in the same spot with you feeling bad about yourself. So I guess overall, I came out ahead. Like, if I had to pick one outcome, like, you feeling okay and name-dropping me for no effect, or you feeling awful and also no effect, I guess I'm going to go with you feeling awful. That's true. I don't drop your name very often, but typically when I do, it's followed by the words, we'd like you to leave. And so... <laughs> I, I wanted to at least stay on their podcast because your reputation precedes you in most establishments. But I mean, it goes both ways because I name drop you from time to time in the newsletter. And sometimes I say Steve Alibis, and sometimes I say my podcast co-host because the name Steve Alibis just doesn't it doesn't mean anything to him. I feel bad about that. But it doesn't matter how many times I put the link to that podcast in that sure. newsletter. It's like basically there's there's a very small subset that already listens to it. And if you don't already listen to it after two or three years, like you're never going to cross that. That line and start listening to it. it's not like it, yeah. oh i just heard about this like at this point you have made a conscious <laughs> choice not to listen to it and you were fine with that decision and i'm not going to sway you by name dropping anybody yeah i will say for as popular as you are in your own mind break well i still have to parenthetically say who you are when i say <laughs> your name you, you never have to say tom brady parentheses he's a football player yeah. did this like everyone kind of knows yeah. Yeah, I mean, every time I've ever mentioned you, I mention, I say my podcast co-host, Steve Olivas, every single time. Or when I tease the tweet on Twitter, I say a real psychologist or a psychologist. I don't always put real there because I'm not entirely sure of your credentials. But I never say, see what Steve Olivas has to say because that's not getting either sure. of us anywhere. Sure. And, and Twitter's yeah. funny, too. If I were to actually, like, maybe the more direct way to name drop you would be to put a link. Like, you know, if I say at whatever your, is it, is it literally at Steve Olivas? Yeah. Okay, I don't even know. I haven't manually typed it in in years. But like, if I put, here's what <laughs> at Steve Olivas has to say, not only would no one click on it, nobody would yeah. see it. If you tag a second Twitter account in a tweet, here's, here's a pro tip for you today. If you tag a second Twitter account, nobody sees that tweet. The algorithms hate it. People hate it. It just, and they already hate tweets with links in the first place. That, that would just be double hate. And then I don't even, like single hate stops us dead in our tracks the way it goes. Sure. Like, double hate is not going to get us anywhere. <laughs> But let's, that's got to be to protect celebrities from everybody adding them, right? Maybe that is. Like, it just, it really, really buries it until, like, huh. somebody you also follow, like, replies to that tweet. Like, it's, which is how I saw your link pop up. I am curious, though. So, did really, like, what made you actually start doing this? Because I've been talking about it forever, and you, you clearly have no desire to be like me at all. So, what pushed you <laughs> over the line? <laughs> well... Uh, probably like 15 years ago, a friend of ours, a female, went on Atkins and lost like 30 pounds. And I tried it for a month and I think I gained a pound. And I thought, <laughs> well, she's a chick. That's got to be the difference. And so I've kind of dabbled off and on through the years. But then your success <clears throat> really caught my attention, James Breakwell. That, now, not saying you weren't a beautiful, beautiful man in the first <laughs> place, but... 
I didn't think you had 35 pounds to lose. Like, you're not built like me. You're pretty slender. You're a runner, so you're tall and you're sort of naturally thin. So when you lost 35 pounds, I was like, dang, there's got to be something to this. And so I kind of, I went from trying to limit my carbs, which meant only two cookies after dinner <laughs> instead of three, to making the right-hand turn into, I'm really going to commit to this. And then it was sealed when I talked to Brian because mm. he kind of knows the science stuff behind it. And I was like, fine, fine, I'll try it. And it was the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. And people, they make it way too hard. Like, you can go into the weeds on this stuff and read all the books and get, you know, you be a real Puritan about it. Or you can just be like, you know what? The, the carbs and sugar, I'm going to cut them out of my life as much as possible. I bring the, bring this up to my wife sometimes, too. She's like, I can't do what, I do, what you do. Like, I'm not going to eat all meat. It's like, you don't have to eat all meat. Like, there there are right. definite degrees of this. If you just replay, if you just reduce carbs and sugar, like, you don't have to be all the way in ketosis to have an effect. That, that, that's the one big thing. They're like, well, if I can't cut below 15 carbs, I might as well not even try. It's like, no. If you cut from 100 carbs to 50 carbs, that's progress. If you cut from 50 to 10 or whatever, any any carb or sugar that you replace with just fat and protein, I mean, that's that's moving in the right direction. Uh, the one fun, uh, interesting thing I found on that, on that thing, because I actually, believe it or not, I listened to it all the way through i was i was vacuuming wow. and it was too inconvenient to change <laughs> and also i thought i can i can give steve a hard time about this so i better listen to all of it get all my ammunition um, maybe he mentions me at the end <laughs> but i uh, i listened and um you said that you didn't think you were going to keep going down and i think you will if you stick with it like i don't think your body is going to be like well we're going to stop at you know 20 percent body fat and 207 or 200 or whatever it is like if you if you keep going i think you will be shocked at how lean you get well that's sort of your story i think right yeah i mean i did not think i had that much to lose either. now granted I've, I've had my ups and downs at my peak i was 6'2 and like 204 and like i looked in the mirror and it was clearly there was a problem there but really for most of my life after college i kind of yo-yoed up between 185 and 195 and i could gain like six pounds in a bad weekend i could just pile it on and then i'd diet or do whatever and like at my very very best if i was dieting or running i would finally get down to like 175 and i was still kind of skinny fat i still didn't really have abs but i could get down there and then i would just gain it back and it wasn't until and i actually i don't think i when i started this time around i just started cutting calories and i was like this is stupid i can't do that and then i i went on i read like nine books in a row about uh you know uh, how carbs and sugar are evil and all that I thought all right it's they cause every disease in the world whatever i'll give this a try and then the weight <laughs> left and stayed off and then i took it a step further thought you know these, all these vegetables are just taking up useless space in my stomach. I could just be filling it with meat. And that's when I made the transition. And um, people are, like, terrified of the carnivore diet. But, I mean, it's just it's just fat and protein. And it just it, it really works for me. It cleared, it cleared up some other stuff I was having problems with. And it just uh, it simplified things. And it's it's easier for me mentally. I can I can go I and I you don't have to do it this way either because this is another thing that turns people off. Because I just eat one meal a day, and people are like that's ridiculous. I can't do that. It's like well, I I just know that at night I'm going to eat so much meat that I don't ever want to eat again. 
And when I know that's <laughs> coming up, it's not a big deal for me not to eat during the day. So I just I just go and at night I eat a ton of meat. Sometimes I have cheese on it, sometimes I don't. I usually use mustard and hot sauce, and I go again. Uh, but you don't have to go that far. But you, um, I, I've never, I've gotten one person ever to take my advice on this, which is why I wasn't surprised that you didn't really <laughs> take my advice. There was one guy at the gym who saw me working out, and uh, he lost. I, I told him about it. He's like, "Well, that sounds pretty good." He instantly lost like 15 or 20 pounds. Like he dropped a lot of weight uh but then the holidays came around he started eating sugar and stuff again and shockingly you know the, the weight came back uh here here's the other piece of advice i'm going to give you that you're also going to disregard until brian forsythe mentions it brian to you about this yeah okay yeah. so you've got the weight loss you got that part down here's the next thing you need to do you need to lift weights you don't have to lift crazy weights. You don't have to be a bodybuilder, but you got to lift weights. Just one of the, just start out with a basic five by five program. You've got like a, you know, you've got like 10,000 extra acres in the Steve Olivas mansion where you could put a squat rack and you'd be just fine. <laughs> don't even have to leave the house because we all know that Memphis is going to be shut down for the next 20 years when you guys get this four <laughs> to six inches of snow. So hopefully the delivery guy will brave it and give that to you. But if you keep eating like you're doing and add in some light to moderate weightlifting, you will look like an entirely different person, and then I will have to find something else to make fun of you for other than your physical appearance. Wow. Will I look like John Bon Jovi circa 1989? No. <laughs> there are limits to science, Steve. We can't get you that far. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned that to my wife this morning about my hair, and she said, you used to have a little more up in this region right here. And I thought, how dare you, woman? And then I sulked and went away and got like a, a feather earring and a, a shark tooth <laughs> necklace. Because I'm going to get to Bon Jovi circa 1989. But uh, I have started lifting weights a little oh, bit. Oh, did you? Ah, I, beat I, me too. Well, I thought of that and thought, well, I don't, uh, I sort of look like a skinny old guy from every place that's lost weight. And I don't like that either. But anyway, no, it's been great. And I, I always hear people complaining about all the pandemic weight they've put on and i thought between me and breakwell we've lost like 75 pounds like <laughs> yes. the pandemic is the perfect time to get healthy what are you talking about yeah and i really wish they would have gone the opposite direction we're we're dancing in da dangerous territory but i will say this i think the best possible thing to get people healthy through all this would have been to keep gyms open and get more people in the gym rather than having everybody staying home and gaining weight i think i think that was probably the opposite of what we should have done um but good, good thing is nobody listens to this so we probably won't get a thousand angry comments about that but there's really <laughs> health wise there's no downside to getting strong and you know i and I, I did what you did before like when i would lose weight you just look skinny and weak and it's it's great when you first start working out so like guys who uh i think we all kind of have our genetic limit that you hit and if i had actually stayed in shape from college and been lifting the whole time like 25 26 i probably would have gotten as fit as i ever would have gotten and after that i would have just been maintaining and slowly losing but because i got so out of shape for so long and then started lifting at 34 or 35 all of a sudden like i can get all these gains i can make progress for another three or four years it's spectacular and now if you're just starting like <laughs> that first year you make all the progress you look different like every week it's incredible and then only later do you like oh i've hit a wall i guess I'm, I'm gonna work out all this time again like maybe one pound of muscle a year but you got you got a long time till you do that so right now when you work out it's like you're on steroids it's incredible let me say one thing about one thing you mentioned before about eating only one meal a day and people are like screw that noise i can't do that i will say this it's funny to me how i'm not hungry ever like i i'm never full 
like uh, you might eat till you're gorged, but I, yeah. because you eat so much at once, but I'm never really full, but I'm also not hungry, which is a very strange thing to experience for me. But if you eat enough fat, like I don't, I don't even miss the carbs. I went through the holidays mm. and didn't think twice about it. Like I thought, ooh, this is gonna be a real challenge, but it really wasn't. My wife made cookies like she always did, had those hanging around. She made a cake last night because she was bored. Like I, it doesn't, <laughs> it, there's no real draw. Like once that addictive part of your brain turns off, it's you just feel fine. Yeah, and so a lot of people say, well, I can't avoid eating candy if it's in the house. My house is nothing but candy. I literally. Literally bought 25 right. pounds of candy after Halloween, so we missed trick or treating because we were quarantined at the time. So I went out and bought it. I bought a ton of candy for Halloween. I buy cookies and cakes and stuff for the kids because you know what? It's probably it's terrible for them, but their metabolisms can still handle it. And I, I grew up on it at that age. I. I wish I could switch them over to eating bacon and eggs and all that and beef and all that, but it's just never going to happen. But anyway, this stuff is in the house. They eat it in front of me every night, and I just, I'm never tempted to do it. Because I just, I remember what happens when I do it. It just, you, you, I eat it, and it's like, okay, that was great for 10 seconds. Now I got to eat another one and get another 10 yeah. seconds out of it. And it just, it doesn't last. Uh, the last time, like, I really went off the rails, and it was before I was quite as serious about it as I am now. But my, uh, my grandma died a year, a year and a half ago, whatever, well, maybe it was two years ago now. But, like, it and it was out in the middle of nowhere in Iowa and it just there was no way I could take my own meat and grill for myself like I'm just gonna have to eat like everybody else and I went to my aunt's house and they had one of those trays of like Rice Krispie treats covered in chocolate and I think in one sitting I ate literally half that pan I just ate it all and it's like afterwards it's like what good did that do me like I look I look back on that still it's like what what is the taste of a dessert yesterday that is my my very zen mantra it's like it just it didn't do me any good it was it was great for like three minutes and it's like okay that's over what now whereas if you eat if you just eat meat or you eat stuff with low carbs like okay i'm full and i feel better all day and i look better all day just, there's there's really just no comparison yeah you got to be careful not to turn that switch on because or to turn the key in that engine yeah. because now the rice krispies are calling your name <laughs> you're like all right gotcha. just one more and then you start doing the thing you always do which is there's like this little argument you have with yourself that you know you're gonna lose anyway so you just say what the hell and you eat it yeah like yeah but if the drive isn't there and that's this isn't like a whole aa thing but the drive isn't there and i think that's really remarkable given where i come from and i think the uh the, the key for it for for me was that you can still drink alcohol. Like, if you had to completely cut alcohol <laughs> out of your life, I would have been done. And granted, I actually, as I've been doing this, I've been drinking quite a bit less. But, like, so I, I stopped drinking beer. Beer used to be my go-to. But, yeah. like, beer, like, if you really drink it all, if you day drink or do whatever, you're at a party or something, it fills you up. It makes you feel heavy. You feel awkward the next morning. There's consequences in the bathroom. Like, it's just it's just a lot. And I found out that if you just stick to hard alcohol, you just sip some whiskey or things like that, it burns right out of your system. You feel great. There's less of a hangover. So that that's that's been my thing. I eat meat and drink whiskey. Whiskey is definitely not carnivore, but it is still it's still keto. It's, it doesn't have those carbs or sugar. So that's that's what I do. Now you you mentioned one day that you you bought a a keto like uh, margarita mix or something oh, like that. Oh Jesus, no! It was uh, pina colada. Oh, that's keto what it was. Pina colada mix. God, you talk. Jeez, it's funny you just mentioned there are consequences in the bathroom the next day. <laughs> I tell you what, that stuff shot through me without slowing down. I think it actually picked up momentum as it went through me, and it came out as it went in, in complete liquid form. Now, I don't recommend that for my enemies. One thing I did here just recently is I, I picked up a uh, a SodaStream knockoff. Because I used to think, and I was... 
I was trying to cut back. I was, you know, Diet Coke doesn't have any calories or any sugar or whatever. It's like, okay, this is great, but I would just drink so much of it. It's got a lot of other stuff in there, but I picked up like a, a soda stream type thing and it turns out I'm not actually that addicted to the flavor or anything else. I just like the carbonation. Apparently I like yes. bubbles. So now I carbonate water and drink that and that actually fills oh. me up quite a bit too. It's 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 delicious. You have seltzer? Yeah, seltzer and then I'll go and I I put like a cap full of lemon juice in it, two squirts of lime juice oh, and it's all uh, right. It tastes pretty good. I was drinking it before that just without it. So, I mean, there's other stuff you can do. You don't have to be a total purist. I mean, there are some people who go carnivore and they don't do any spices. They just eat beef and water. There's some crazy people who uh, who eat meat raw, and that's, that's a bridge too far for me, too. Like, on the one hand, I get that when you cook it, you probably lose some nutrients. On the other hand, like, I, I don't want to die. I don't want to gag trying to get this down. And have you ever, you can get a steak. Have you ever had a steak where it's just, I mean, rare is good. There's always got more flavor, but it's just a little bit too rare and you can't even chew it. It's like chewing on putty you can't like tear it apart uh that's, yes i can't imagine like eating straight up raw meat that, that just would not end well <laughs> uh, i will add before we go i i don't eat anywhere near as clean as you like i have ch breaded chicken tenders every morning oh. i have uh, fruit because i need the sugar i just love the sweet and you know keep traffic moving on the freeway leaving a little fiber we've talked about that before so i eat dates and figs like i like those and I have pork rinds because I don't, I can't just eat meat. I need crunchy in there too. So I'm not a purist, but it, I, I'm doing it well enough that I don't feel hungry and I'm dropping like a rock. Okay. I, I will say this. This will be my last piece of advice and that nobody will listen to. And if they do listen to it, they're definitely going to turn off the podcast. So I thought for years, my problem was I did not have enough fiber. Like doctors told me I needed more fiber. And uh -oh. so I was eating the standard American diet. Like I was uh -oh. like putting like a triple dose of fiber in the morning and I had to have this or there were issues. And it turns out that fiber itself was the issue. When I went to a diet that has literally no fiber, no yeah. fiber at all, it fixed everything. Which is huh. not what you would expect, which is not what the medical literature will say, but it was like people on Instagram who did the carnivore diet, they're like, yeah, I did this and it works. It's like, well, that's, that's experience. Let me give it a try. And it does. So I don't take fiber. I don't take any other kind of supplements anymore. Eliminating the fiber fixed things. So if, you, wow. if, you're, if you're searching for that last little bit, try going without fiber and see what happens. You might be surprised. Well, potty advice from James, <laughs> the freely pooping break well. This is stuff you can't get just anywhere. Like, you can Google how much does James Breakwell poop. You're not going to find it online. That's true. You got to come here to Wrong and Wronger. <laughs> Everybody in Uganda now knows Breakwell's bathroom habits, and you're better off for it. I got to walk us out of here, James, so that everybody uh -huh. can go and do whatever their bran muffin and coffee tells them to do. So until we meet again, this is Steve feeling pretty empty. Olivas and James, I got to make a quick run for it. Breakwell saying thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting the show, both of you. And until we meet again, always remember that two wrongs can make a right.